Good morning. Good to see you. There was a preacher years ago. Some of you would would uh, remember this name, have having heard or read some of his messages. His name was Billy Sunday. And in one of the messages he preached called Wonderful, he made this statement. He said, there are 256 names given in the Bible for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I suppose this was because he was infinitely beyond all that any one name could express. Spurgeon said, the legacy to which I would pin and bind myself forever, God helping me, is Jesus Christ, who is the arm and substance of the gospel, who is in himself all theology, the incarnation of every precious truth. Today, I am bringing you good news. The good news is this. Jesus is enough. Now, we know he's alive. We've been worshiping him this morning. But I want you to understand that he is enough. And when I say enough, he's everything. And you can either take that from me or you can hear it from him through his own words. And feeling like that would have much more traction with you than hearing it from me, I decided to show it to you from where he said it. And so if you'll get your Bibles out today, get your pens out today, we're going to look at several verses of Scripture. But I want you to understand at the end of this, and this is my goal, that Jesus is the completion of everything. He is the finisher of everything. And that being said, now listen to this statement. We can now determine that there is nothing else needed in order for God to accomplish his goal for mankind. That goal being mine and your salvation. Would you agree? And I see Heads nodding in affirmation and even hear voices chiding in with a yes and an amen. But are you truly satisfied with that truth? Because a lot of you grew up knowing that truth, yet unable to accept it. You're looking at me in a puzzled way. Of course we know that Jesus is all. Of course we know that Jesus is enough. Hmm. But some of you don't really believe that. Not that God isn't who he said he was, or not that Jesus isn't able to save, but that perhaps you aren't good enough to be able to receive that. And so I want to show you something here today. First of all, in Colossians chapter 2, 
and chapter 3, just a couple of verses there, where I would make this statement of truth. And it would be the first thing that you're going to write down if you write anything down. And it would be this. Christ is all. I mean, that's just three words and it's one simple statement. And, and if that's all I said and didn't even explain it, it would be enough. Because whether you believed that or not, it would not change its truth. We don't have to believe it. It's our choice whether or not we believe it. But our decision doesn't change truth. And truth is Christ. He is. It's not what he does. It's not what he's about. It's not how you can explain him. But he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh to the Father but by him. Are those my words? No. Those aren't my words. Those are God's words. And so I say to you that Christ is all. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3. Let me show you one of the ways that the scripture says that he is all. Colossians 2 3 says that God has hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. What's that say? We boil that down. That means that in Christ is all wisdom and knowledge. I didn't say that it was in man's determination of science. Because what we have learned and what we can even now scientifically prove has only been given to us by Christ. So in Christ is all wisdom and knowledge. Secondly, Colossians 2.9. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. What's that saying? That's saying that in Christ is God in all form and substance. He is fully God and he is one with the Godhead. That's what that's saying. I'm laying out a case for you this morning as if in a court of law. I'm telling you that he is all, but I'm not telling you from my words. I'm giving them to you from him. He is all wisdom, knowledge. In fact, he is omnipotent. He's all-knowing. So anything that we know, we know because he has granted that knowledge and wisdom to us. He is all God. Not partially, not some, not a little. He's not a good man. He's not a prophet. He is God. And thirdly, Colossians 3.11 says... Here there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. What's that one saying? That in Christ is the unity of all believers. The family of God is diverse and complete. Hmm. So what does what do those verses in Colossians tell us? Let's boil them down together. They are saying to us that Christ is all. He's all wisdom. He's all knowledge. He is all deity. And he is all savior alone. And there is none other but him. Christ 
is all. That means that he's all we'll ever need. If he is all, it could not be possible for us to need more. Am I correct? He is God. He is Savior. He is intercessor. He is ruler. He is friend. He is capable. He is able. He is the doer of the impossible. He needs no thing or no one alongside of himself to create fullness or completion because he in himself is all. That's just the bottom line. Whether you believe that or not, whether you agree with that or not, it still remains truth. Christ is all. Let that sink into your head and your heart for a minute. He is all. You say, he's what is all? All. Anything you think of, everything you think of, every creative thought you've had, originated somewhere in the substance of Christ and in the Godhead. There is nothing outside. Christ is all. Christ is the Messiah, the anointed one. In that anointing is all. Raise your hand if you got that. I'll move on. Number two. It is finished. (laughs) Some of y'all are way ahead of me, aren't you? John 19, 30. After Jesus had taken the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and he died. So Jesus is on the cross and he makes this declaration. And then he willingly gives up the spirit. He said, I thought they killed him. Nobody killed Jesus. They crucified him. They tortured him, they abused him, they mistreated him, but he died when he got ready to. Mm. Why is that important? Because no man could take his life. He's God. He willingly lays down his life to finish something. He does not do that until he knows that some task has been completed. Mere humans didn't take his life. Rather, mere humans were used to accomplish his purpose. And so, I ask the question then, what is finished? What did he mean by that when he said, it is finished? He, he is on the cross. He completes a task. He said, it is finished. And then he gives up the ghost and he dies. What is finished? He's all, so that means everything is finished. He has completed everything that the God had sent him here to complete. And because of that, that's the reason why you and I are saved and healed and delivered and filled with the Spirit and equipped to finish our purpose on the earth. Listen to what the Bible did not say. The Bible does not say this. It does not tell us that 
since he has died, now all that's left for us to be saved is that we would live a sinless life and then we would be saved too. And we'd live too. It doesn't say that. What? I thought that's what we had to do. That's what you can't do. You can't live a sinless life. Who do you think you are? God? Wow, Pastor, you're taking a lot of pressure off of me. You're taking off a lot of stress. You say, I don't have to be perfect like God. I'm saying you can't be perfect like God. You strive and try all you want, and you will try if you are truly his believer. You'll want to do right because you'll care about how you're representing him to the rest of the world and because you love him and you're dying to yourself and you're striving to do right. But I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to ever reach the place you're striving to reach on this planet. It's impossible. He is all. He is enough. You are not. All of you that are intent on adding works to grace... You might as well give it up because you are going to constantly be sorely disappointed with your failures and you're going to live in a constant depression because of your sins. Jesus sacrifice plus your nothing equals salvation. It's finished long before we ever got here. Don't flatter yourself into thinking that you can add anything to his work on the cross. I don't care how good you get, how proud you finally get. Someday you may get victory over all your sins, at least you think. And you could come strutting in here saying, I'm the only person in this room who does not struggle with impure thoughts and never say bad words and never do bad things. I'm the only perfect and perfect person in the room. And the rest of us will look at you and say, wow, they got a lot of pride. I think that's a sin. Christ is all. It is finished because he finished it. Number three, I add nothing. Hmm. Luke 12, 25. And which one of you by being anxious can add one cupid to his stature? All of us guys tried when we were kids. Every one of us fellows wanted to be six foot five. We all did. And we tried, man. They said, stand on your head a certain amount of time a day. So we did. They said, hang from a bar. So we did. We all wanted to be six foot five, but we couldn't. Except for those of you that made it. And the rest of us are envious of you. We call you tall. He's that tall guy. But tall people didn't make themselves tall. Which one of you can add one day to your life by determining it, by thinking it, by speaking it? But your father can determine your life by speaking it. You can't add. Proverbs 30 and 6 said, do not add to his words, lest he repute, reprove you and find, and find, you be found a liar. 
Deuteronomy 4, 2, never add anything to what I command you. Don't take anything from it. And then you'll be able to obey the commands of the Lord that I have given you. Revelation twenty two eighteen. that's the one you know. For I testify together to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add on him the plagues that have been written in this book. Ooh. So we look at that and we say, okay, well, I don't want to start trying to add scripture because that's what that's talking about. Well, God's saying don't add to him. Don't add to his word. Don't add to his words. Don't add to his works. Where are you going with that, Pastor? The scripture tells us not to add. It never tells us to add. Yet we feel so inadequate that we spend our lives expressly attempting to add something to make ourselves somehow better to God. When he just expressly told us don't add. I got to add something, Pastor. I'm not good enough. I got to be better than I am. God said, don't do that. Don't add. You can't add. Pastor, you're telling us that we shouldn't live a holy life. No, I'm telling you, you need to live a sanctified, godly, holy life. I'm telling you that you need to seek holiness because the scripture said without holiness, no man will see God. I'm telling you, you're seeking that and true believers will. Sinners in this room who are looking for a, for a loophole, thinking they're finding one today, are finding nothing. They're not even finding truth in what I'm saying because their eyes are blind and their ears are deaf to the things of the Spirit. But people who are walking with God, who love Jesus and have died to Him and to their sins and ask Him to come into their heart, they want nothing more than to please Him. There's where the pressure comes in. Sinners that are just trying to figure out a way to get to heaven, they're not, they're not worried about this. Sinners that are just trying to get heaven have prayed a prayer one time in their life and somebody told them that they could do anything, still go to heaven, and that's what they're banking on. That's not going to work. True believers are the ones who have come to Christ, sacrificed, died to themselves, saying, I want to be like Jesus. They're just struggling every day to do it, and they're the ones I'm talking to today because they're the ones that are constantly trying to add something to this to make themselves better in his sight. And he says to those of you that are pure of heart and dirty of the body, I am enough. I'm enough. You're not enough. You'll never be enough. When are we going to get it in our heads and our hearts that he's doing the work in us? We're not doing it in ourselves. He's building his church. We're not building his church. He's saving the world. We are not saving the world. We're not good. We want to be, but we can't. We don't know how to be. We're not equipped to be. We, in fact, were created to need and rely and depend on God. For any goodness that we could produce. God doesn't even want you to be perfect. Every time in the word people got too close to perfection. Guess what he did? He threw them out of a garden or he, or he confused their language. Every time they got to thinking that they were on his level. He did something to confuse them and scatter them out again. God made you to want him. To depend on him. To love him. To seek him. To be humble before him. 
to be broken and contrite, to come to him every time with, man, I wish I didn't think those thoughts or say those things, or I don't know why I do. I've repented for it. I'm determined never to do it again, and I did it again. Oh, my lands, what am I going to do? And the devil says, we're going to go to hell. And God says, no, you're not. You can't add anything. Be set free. Somebody get set free. Quit living in the bondage that's been on you all these years that says Jesus plus something will be enough. You're missing out on a lot of peace and a lot of joy and a lot of fulfillment that you could be enjoying. Your life cannot be lived to this formula. Jesus plus success equals salvation. It's not Jesus plus my accomplishments or Jesus plus my victories or Jesus plus my dreams and goals or strengths or, or, or my rules for my life or, or Jesus plus my reputation. The formula has been written down by a fellow named Tullian Tavigian correctly and it goes like this. The formula is this if you want it. Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Keep caring, keep praying, keep striving, keep working, keep seeking sanctification. But understand that when you don't get everywhere that you want to be and you find those times that you fall back. Don't listen to the devil right there. It wasn't Jesus plus your good works that equals salvation. It wasn't Jesus plus your good days. Some of us think, man, if I could just, you know. How many days does it constitute if I could, if Jesus plus five good days a week? Jesus plus six good days a week. You see how, can you see how you will toil and strive and struggle and battle? I'm not relieving from you sin. Some of you are worried. You're like, man, he's telling people it's okay to sin. No, the the people that think that from that are the ones I talked about a minute ago. I'm talking to true believers now. True believers don't want to sin. They don't want to sin. They don't want to disappoint the Lord. But they do. And to you, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. How's it work, Pastor? Christ is all. It is finished. I add nothing. Jesus is enough. (laughs) Where are we going to settle with this? Andrew Murray made a statement years ago that listened to the knowledge of this statement. He said, God is ready to assume full responsibility for the life that is wholly yielded to him. There it is. God is ready to assume full responsibility for your life so you don't have to. Because you can't. You've been trying, hadn't you? Remember when I started this message, I said, how many believe that statement? And everybody's like, yeah, I believe that. The farther we got into it, you start being convicted. Yeah, I believe that. But you find yourself saying, ooh, if Jesus is all, then why am I trying to add? If it is finished, then why am I trying to keep it going?
If I had nothing, then why am I working so hard to add something? If Jesus is enough, then why do I live my life like he is not? Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has set us free. And be ye not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Galatians chapter 5. Not my words. And some of us have grown up under such bondage. And it was bondage that was well meant that was placed on us. It was well meant. It was by people who, according to their understanding of the word, were telling us, boy, I, I, you, we want you to make heaven. And we, and, and we, pre, and we have preached an ounce of precautions better than a pound of cure. We've always done that. And we still mean that. And, and because of that, there have been so many that have gotten off into legalistic type things. And then you've heard things from a pulpit. That you're like, where'd that come from? I mean, is that in the Bible somewhere? Uh, guys can't have long hair and women can't have short hair and, 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 uh, I, I mean, we can go on, right? Uh, in my sanctuary, keep all the lights at full bore or, I mean, I, I've, I've studied, I've studied it sounds to me like in the Holy of Holies, it was pretty dark. He had some candles in there. I don't know if they, you know, I don't know if they had fluorescent lighting in the Holy of Holies. I'm pretty sure they didn't. In my sanctuary, thou shalt not smile, or laugh, or play instruments. Or sing or dance. Huh? You see, he's talking about dancing now. I've read a lot of dancing in the Bible. I read about a lot of dancing in the Bible. It wasn't by drunken fools trying to figure out who was going to get together that night. It was by people who were, it was by people who served in the Lord and loved him and the Holy Ghost got on them and they couldn't contain it anymore because he, they found something in their heart. Something happened in their mind. At some point, a light came on and they said, hey, Jesus is enough and I'm free. I'm free. I'm not bound up by that yoke of bondage anymore. I'm free. And freedom does crazy things to people. Some of them like me just stand and cry. But other people jump and holler and shout and run. Things that cause some of y'all to really be freaking out. Till it happens to you. And you just say, I can't wait till that happens to me again. It's just an easy formula, guys. Get it way, way down deep in your soul. Let it. Let it take over everything in your mind that was there before. Christ is all. It is finished. I add nothing. Jesus is enough. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you that I'm your responsibility. Thank you that I can trust you because I can't trust me. 
but I can trust you. I praise you, Lord, that you're not shocked or surprised by the things I do or say or think. It may not all be pleasing to you, but Lord, you're not at the least bit afraid or shocked or confused by it. How you want to just have that pure relationship that you had with Adam in the garden before he decided to take on the burden of sin. Oh, God, how you strive for the cool of the day experience with your people. To just come down every day and hang around with us and us to say, well, guess what, Lord? We're naked again. And you just say, I know, I know it created you that way. But it keeps you humble. We are broken today, God. We're broken Show us this morning how to repent. It's hard to repent for something that we meant for good. We were trying to add, but it because we thought it was right. We've borne burdens and carried heavy loads for years because we thought it would somehow make you happy and make us more attractive to you. God, would you allow the light to come on in our soul. You said where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I ask you, God, to set some folks free because some folks today have been striving so hard to add something to what you did that they can't even think about the purpose of why they're here. It's a distraction from the enemy. They're working so hard. They're working so hard on themselves that they don't think about anybody else. I got to say a few more Hail Marys. I got to I got to bow down a couple more times and face a certain direction. I got to walk on my hands and knees three more times a day. Lord, and in all of that mess, we miss the reason and the purpose for our being. And that is that we would open our eyes and let the light of Jesus shine through them. And in our going, that people would come to know our master. We're not ever going to get perfect. Help us to get over ourselves. And start living out our purpose. Every purpose, every person in this room that this message is speaking to today, I want you to stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. My goodness. You're not going to persuade me that there aren't more than this who have been trying to add something to their walk. You're not going to persuade me. Because I know from where too many of us came from. Every person in this room who feels like that the word is setting something in their spirit free. You want to act on that. I'm inviting you right now. Neil's going to lead us in this song. I'm inviting you right now to just. I, I want you to come and kneel around these altars. You're standing to your feet. Come on. If you're sitting, come on anyway. However you, wherever you want to go around the sanctuary at your seat here at the altar. But man, here is an opportunity to hear the word and then be a doer of the word. Here's an opportunity to act upon the word, to let the word get from your head to your heart.
I'm not, I'm not asking if you're coming down here to give your heart to Jesus, but you can. I'm welcoming you. This is your day to do it. Come on. But I'm speaking to believers today who are being set free by the word to come and to respond to that word, to come and kneel down and tell Jesus. Tell Jesus for the first time maybe in your life. Admit, acknowledge, tell Jesus that he is enough. God, I'm not enough, but Jesus is enough. Come and find yourself a place to pray as Neil leads us in this song.